When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports Day for Kia. The striking Kia range. The cornerstone of progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. That's Kia. Yeah, it's coming up 16 past five, Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos on this Monday. As you heard, all thanks to Kia, progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. I've just realised it's Valentine's Day tomorrow, the 14th of February. Boys, you've got something organised, have you? Uh, you romantics out there, Lee and Jimmy. Uh, I reckon Kate Harvey would be a bit of a romantic, I reckon. Uh, he comes from that generation. He's the head of uh, high performance, the general manager at the WACA. Kate, uh, thanks for joining us on the program. No worries, Pete. You got anything organised for the lady in your life tomorrow, mate? Oh, no, I probably need to weave some magic, I think. Haven't uh, <laughs> caught me off guard there, but I'll, uh, I'll weave something between now and then. Yeah, just do what I do on the way. I'm just going to Beaufort Street, get a bunch of flowers and take them home. That's what I tend to do from our uh, friends there on Beaufort Street. But uh, saying that, on a bit more of a cricket note, I was a bit disappointed with WA's performance at the Adelaide Oval. That uh, They just didn't seem to get it together. Nah, no, nah, I think we we're a bit slow off the mark and um, by the time we sort of woke up and, and got into the game, it was probably a bit too late. So that's, um, oh, look, I think that's um, that's the reality of, of bouncing out of the big bash and, and straight into shield cricket. You know, from a player and staff perspective, it's um, yeah, it's pretty challenging going from slogging white balls for a period of time and preparing for that and then and then strolling in and, and playing four-day mm-hmm. cricket. So it's, yeah, really disappointing. But um, I think the positive sign is that you know, sort of the last two days, we'd, we'd sort of uh, found a bit of fight and and um, played some bit better cricket, which, um, you know, hopefully we can take into the next game where we're, um, yeah, there's still a huge opportunity. We're still top of the ladder. We're still controlling our own destiny. But, yeah, certainly the boys need to be a bit better um, after, after a poor day one, I suppose. Didn't really help. It's interesting what you said about uh, getting out of T20 cricket in the Big Bash. When you look at the WA side, Bancroft, you know, Cartwright, Hardy, Inglis, Stoinis, Kelly... Uh, Rocket Choli, you know, they all played in the BBL. So you reckon there was a bit of a hangover, possibly? Oh, look, I think I don't want to make too many excuses. It's the, it's the modern world of modern world of cricket. Is that you need to you need to adapt. But I think if you look at both Queensland and us, who had a you know high percentage of their players playing big bash and um, and playing in a big final and all the things that come with that, um, both teams were probably were probably poor in that in this first round after. After the BBL last year, we had two and a half weeks. I think from the time we finished, we played the final to our our first shield game, and that's a that's a big difference to five days. So, um, you know, that's that's something that we'll certainly address in terms of how we perform day one. You know, we obviously didn't read the wicket um, and the conditions probably as well as, as as it played out. You know, we won the toss and decided to bowl, and when someone puts four seventy on you when you've won the toss and bowl, then clearly we probably just haven't got that quite right. But um, and then the execution. So, yeah, it's certainly something we'll have a look at, but that's that's what the modern player gets asked to do more and more now. The guys went from the BBL 
um, to a test series in India in less than two weeks. So um, it's something players need to adapt to for sure. Saying that, let's go to India. I feel sorry for Ashton Agar. Um, he was taken out of that big bash final, the decider, to go to that spinner's training camp before they headed off to the subcontinent. And many thought that he would play in the first test. In the end, Todd Murphy played. And in the end, it was a good call looking at his figures, taking a seven for. But all of a sudden now, Matt Kuhneman is on his way there. The fellow that we saw here bowling for the Brisbane Heat in that decider in front of 50-odd thousand people. Where does this live, Ashton Agar? And, and it's a puzzling move for mine. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's obviously, um, you know, it was, it was a tough experience probably for Ashton going back as far as the Sydney test, I think. Um, you know, the conditions where he was bowling on a wicket that probably wasn't conducive, all the, all the spin um, wasn't really suited to the left-arm orthodox and the, and the game didn't really go the distance. So it wasn't um, a great audition for what India might have presented. I think with Koenemann, all they're doing is they're, they're finding another, per, another player who can take the ball away from the right-handers. They just don't think we've got another leg spinner um, that would have replaced Mitch Swepson. So they want the next best guy who who can take the ball away from the riders and give them that two-and-two two option that it sounds like they're after. So, um, yeah, whether, whether he jumps the queue and, and plays in front of Ash, I'm not really sure. It's a tough read um, with that, I suppose. I think, you know, the Travis Head run's obviously confused a few in terms of where he was at. So they're trying to play a horses for courses, maybe selection policy, which, um, yeah, it'd just be really interesting to see what they do in the, in the next test. But I think, um, you know, Kuhneman's done well over a period of time and he's, as I said, he takes the ball away from the right-hander. So I think um, I think that's as much as there is into it. And then they'll they'll pick their best 11 at this mm. next test match. Always interesting when they change a venue a few days out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that. There's a bit happening over there, I think. Yeah, a bit happening, as you mentioned. They have changed uh, the venue. The fact that uh, the match that was due to be played up there uh, in the Himalayas or around that area, Dara, Dara, I think it was Dharam Salah, uh, the pitch inspection today, they reckon the new wicket is substandard. There's been a pretty harsh winter conditions in the region and the Atfield reported lacks sufficient grass. So they've changed it now and we played in uh, indoor. So uh, plenty happening there in India. Saying that, going back to Ashton Agar, do you reach out to him knowing that at the moment he's probably feeling a bit insecure or he would have been disappointed missing out on that first test? Or is that basically controlled by the inner sanctum there of the players and the, and the support staff that are there with Australia at the moment? Oh, look, I, I don't personally. I, I think it's a, it's a challenging one for, for players like Ash who are constantly going back and forward. And I think one of the things that the players do well when, when they do transition environments is try and stay, stay as present as they can. Um, I, I know Ash has got a really strong, you know, support network around him. Um, we, we certainly provide support through Adam and and some of our staff where required. But um, you know, I think it's a it's a challenging one for him to to work through. We probably noticed a little bit post the Sydney Test that you know his his Test career is a big part of his career, and um, there, there was obviously a lot on the line from his point of view, and even some of that external pressure. So um, he, he'll manage that as best he can. He's been around the traps for a while, I think. You know, the, the Ashes experience when he was a young fellow was, was a challenging one. So he'll have some things to draw on um, to help him through that. But I think, you know, like I say, I think he's, he's got a good, strong support network around him. And hopefully the Australian team are, are getting around him. And if there's anything that we can do to support him in the background, then we're, we're more than happy to. But historically, it's, it's sort of those guys are trying to stay as present as they can in the environment they are. Because um, they can get pulled in 
mm. in, in different directions quite a bit. So, um, yeah, ho- hopefully he can work through it. Um, the game can change pretty quick. You know, he can get a go and and um, and uh, and hopefully go well. So hopefully that's in front of him. Uh, this is just a question without notice. Uh, they took 17 to India, yet that they can call on at the drop of the hat and get players over. Why would they take such a big squad now on overseas tours, particularly to places like India, uh, maybe places that are closer to Australia, Sri Lanka, New Zealand? You wouldn't want to take extended squads because all of a sudden, Ashton Agar, even though he was called into the 17, isn't playing cricket, could be back here maybe just refining his art with WA in, in Sheffield Shield cricket, and if required, can get called up. Do you think there's a need anymore with what was seen with Kuhneman as an example of having 17 players in the squad going to an overseas tour or maybe reducing that to 14 and, if need be, bolster it as the series progresses? Yeah, I think we saw that a little bit when they didn't take Josh Inglis. They sort of wanted a different option within the group and and allow Josh to play some shield cricket. You know, he'd sort of been one that was sitting on the pine. Um, I think certainly post-COVID we've seen a smaller squad with the Australian team than what we saw during that two years where you needed bigger group. I think the main reason in this instance was was clearly around having spin options. But they also, you know, two of those guys that are in that in that seventeen player squad were Green and Stark. So all of a sudden you take you're taking two guys that are under an injury cloud. Um, and your squad becomes fifteen really. Um, so I think with a few blokes um, you know, with with those type of injuries and, and reasonable parts of the team um, and I think it's also India is not the sort of place where you just rock up and and you're good to go. You know, within Australia or even the UK, you can probably afford to have um, a slightly smaller group and and call some in. I think India, the country, um, having been there, um, it's sort of pretty rough if you're calling someone in at short notice and then throwing them into the team. Um, you know, it'd be a big call from the, for example, to even Matt Kuhneman if he gets there today. Um, so I think the bigger squad size, it's also a huge tour in Australia's calendar. The Ashes and Indian tours are a big tour. So, um, yeah, I think in this instance, I'm, I'm OK with it. I think um, it's, a, it's a pretty tough place to tour and, and giving you know, they're, they're, that group the best chance um, with the Test Championship coming up. Um, it, it probably makes a bit of sense in this instance. But we have seen a, a narrowing of those groups through the summer and, and you just want players playing as much cricket as they can so mm. um, and, less, and less sitting on the pine. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that'll all work out. Um, you know, the, the fair few of those guys, I think at the end of the series, if, if we haven't played 14 or 15 players, I'd be surprised. And that leads into the other West Australian who didn't play in the first test because of his injury that he incurred in the home test series here. Uh, didn't play with the Scorchers because of that finger injury. Went uh, with the Australian team to India. Was ruled out through injury in the first test. Is seemingly unlikely even to get up for the second test that starts on Friday. So Cam Green is an injured player at the moment in the Australian test team. Would he have been better spent to stay here and get local medical attention and maybe assist as quick as he can his rehabilitation to when he's 100% right and then, of course, join the team in India rather than maybe just sit around at this stage? Oh, potentially. I just think where Greeny's injury was at was that they were still hopeful that they could get him up for the first for the first test. And his role in that Australian team for the last 18 months has been has been really important, but there's not a place in the world that's more important than than having his all-round skills in India. So I think they were hopeful that they could get him up for the first test. Again, Greeny hasn't played a lot of cricket in India. 
Um, I think the more that he can be there and acclimatise and prepare, he's going to have four months there with his IPL stint. So um, there's probably a case for maybe leaving him at home. But I think um, I think with his with his sort of skill set and where he's where he was at, um, you know, the, the the finger was in a was in a pretty good place. But um, and I think the you know the staff on the ground with their Triple SM staff are, are outstanding. So I think their ability to manage that and um, be across where he was at probably is a bit more beneficial maybe than potentially playing a shield game and then heading off. So I think he's a pretty in- integral part of that team, um, particularly in India. And, um, yeah, giving him the time to get that right and, and acclimatise to India probably um, makes a bit of sense. Good on you, Kate. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, we appreciate your time and thanks for giving us your spin on certainly the, the West Australians. They're currently are lying, lying a bit idle there with the Australian uh, cricket team in India. Thanks for your time. No worries. Cheers, Pete. Good on you. Uh, that's uh, Kate Harvey joining us here on uh, Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. It's 28 past five. As I said, we'll take a break. Uh, Brett Benetti's not far away. He's got some breaking news regarding uh, UFC and the full wash-up to what was a huge event uh, yesterday. Uh, We'll go to Brett shortly. We'll just take a break and come back with what was an extraordinary game of soccer last night. I don't know if you saw it. It was just extraordinary. You don't see it very often. I'll explain next here on Sports Day.